0: The root of the problem is pornography, and it's manifesting itself around the globe as the leaves and the tree and all of it is human trafficking, a global mess we have.
1: What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. This month, every January since 2010, the President of the United States has dedicated the month of January towards raising awareness around the different forms of human trafficking. And that's what we're talking about today because my guest has been on the show before and she's amazing. She's a freaking pit bull when it comes to this this fight that we're in. And I can't even think of the right words because I get all fired up when we talk about this. You've seen me on different shows talk about this. It's a passion of mine to protect our kids in everything. And I have my friend on today, Kami Bowker. Welcome back.
0: Hi, thanks for having me. Good to see you.
1: Yeah, good to see you too. You have so much going on. I mean, you are CEO of Global Education Philanthropist, right? I'm reading this because there's a lot here. It's awesome. Obviously a public speaker and educator, we'll share this, but you're fighting human trafficking again through education, right? Because it, it doesn't start or really stop with the rescue.
0: Right. We have a common phrase. We always say prevention beats rescue every time. And the reason I said that is because I personally help rescue hundreds of people and kids and it's you're not done there you know you don't just like you know hey good I got you right out to an aftercare center and you're done now no like there's a lifelong you know process that supposed to happen for that person and so by the time the rescue happens for me I'm like yes it's and I don't really love the word rescue by the way um, but I feel like that's egotistical but we can get into that topic at some point anyways I feel like that's a bad word but that's okay Uh, because i think the survivors it's not about anyone that's helping them it's about that person but prevention right i mean if you can they've shown that the prevention dollars are 30 times more powerful than the rescue than the aftercare than all of it imagine if everybody listening to this right now and you and i were able to do one thing because we were empowered because we knew what was going on and we were all able to band together but just prevent it from happening to one kid wouldn't it be worth it right and so we have to kind of Um, get everyone's egos out of the way of like who rescue, 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 and prevention is going to beat it. And we have to start looking out for our kids and then teaching our kids to look out for each other. And maybe on today's show, we'll kind of talk about some tips of um, ways people can do that and how they can help and things like that. But yeah, I'm a retired school teacher and I truly believe that the only catalyst for in long-term change is education.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that too. Cause it's, I mean, it's the same in cybersecurity and anything, right? I mean, even with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really comparing these two things, but even when it comes to firearms in the, in the U S and all the, the different sides and perspectives of the second Amendment, right. It's always coming down to education with any industry that you're a part of, you know, or any, any scenario that any, any cause, any fight that you're in. And this, this one is a big fight. And I mentioned. You know, the the President of the United States, uh, ever since 2010, so that was during the Obama administration, when January was now dedicated towards raising awareness around human trafficking. And you mentioned a bunch of different ways, but I would love to dive into this. I know you say it's ego, but there's probably a pretty good reason I'm thinking in your head why you don't like the word rescue. Why is that? What really is that?
0: Uh, For me personally, um, I don't love the word rescue because I've had to go in to some of the darkest parts of the world, I guess. And, um, arrest, I don't, it's just a weird term that survivors don't love. I don't love. Um, it just kind of seems like, Oh, that is about the person that was somehow able to like maybe quote break in a door. Or I, you know, however that scenario went. Um, and it was about the person doing that act and it takes it away from the real person that was in immediate danger or, you know, it kind of, just has this weird in this survivor world as a really weird connotation using the word rescue can actually be very yeah. offensive. So I had a but hunch. I, 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 sometimes for a lack of better words, I use the word rescue too, but I don't love it, but we all, it's a kind of a common ground. We all use that.
1: Well, yeah, uh, no doubt. And I, I had a hunch that's where you were going with that too, because it take, it, it almost, it, it takes the persona of a hero and gives that to the individuals that are diving in rather than taking the focus off the individual that has been in that for so long. And I'm sure theres yeah, many so I spent different a year yeah
0: I spent a year in San Diego going into these crazy places, right um, with some other females that knew what they were doing and helping to get girls out of these situations. and um, we talked a lot about this word rescue. And that's where I first got this paradigm shift. and it's only because of the street experience that I saw. And the last thing I wanted was anyone to know that that's what was going on. I just wanted to help this girl be her ride out to a safe place and let's keep you safe. And that was it, it had nothing to do with me or the other people that were with us. It was about that victim. And even the word victim, you know what I mean? You can just, you could go on and on with the words, but rescue can be a stinger, but really at the end of the day, as we talk about, okay, how can we prevent it? It's, it's going to be, it's going to take a global, um, it's a global problem. It's going to take a global solution. Um, when we start talking about, um, how people get out of trafficking. Let's change it to how can we stop them getting it in the first place? How can we slow this down? Because it's the fastest growing crime in in the world, right?
1: Yeah. It's so easy now. Yeah. And for those, uh, I mean, most of our listeners are listening, literally listening to this, but if you go on YouTube and check out Cami, I mean, she's just a freaking beautiful woman, right? They used to be a school teacher. I know she talked about that. You should go back and listen to the previous episode she was on too. But when she talks about rescue, Cami is one of the ones where it's boots on the ground, like she's saying, going into these weird places. I know this because I know her that will be carrying a rifle, wearing a bulletproof vest and a sidearm, you know, literally going into provide the escape route for, that's a better phrase, isn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're forging yeah. the path to provide the escape for that individual and allow them the freedom that they so deserve. But it's uh, I mean, it, I look at you now and it's like, it's hard to imagine. I've seen you in the other way. I've seen photos of you. We've been on the phone when you've been in, in the middle of an operation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such yeah. a, such a dichotomy, right? Cause I mean, you're ready to throw down. And at the same time, you're ready to just speak and use the power of words too, to help make an impact. It's incredible.
0: Cause once you're at UC at one time, you go, gosh, how can we slow this down from happening to anyone else? Yeah. And really it's going to take people. To start having difficult conversations, um, y- people think that human trafficking is something that happens in this faraway place, and I'm here to tell you that it's not necessarily always in a faraway place. And I'm not trying to be like this like doomsday guest that you've ever had, but um, I'm here to tell you that it's you know it's online. Um, think about what everything went changed when COVID hit, right? It changed the way that we buy our groceries, our clothes. Everything shows up, and the same thing's for human trafficking. So. There is a whole digital piece that, unfortunately, we just don't know what's happening. And so uh, we have to have conversations of what is the root problem of this issue? Like, why is this happening? Well, the root problem is pornography. And so we start, have to start having conversations with our kids about pornography. Your kids are seeing it. So if you're listening to this, you have a kid or a grandkid or a niece or a nephew, younger or older than six years old, they have seen pornography, So you can't say my husband, my wife, my brother, they don't. It comes looking for them. Like we were just talking before we started the show about the algorithms and things. And so these type of images are now in our children's brains as our brains are, your children's brains are formulating, like they're trying to grow and learn and they're getting pummeled with pornography. And so we need to get rid of shame um, around pornography and say, hey, let's talk about it. Just like you mentioned earlier, as a firearm. A firearm is only scary if you're not educated about it. Yeah. Just like pornography, just like human trafficking. So once you have education about like, okay, it's rooted in pornography. So I look at it as like a tree, right? The root of the problem is pornography and it's manifesting itself around the globe as the leaves and the tree and all of it is human trafficking, a global mess we have. But the deep root is pornography. So, and people can access that on their phones and now on their games and on any game that you want. And if you um, wanted to, trick a kid you just go to the game that they're playing and start pretending you're one of them and you and i've talked about how much data can be drawn from someone yeah. and the listeners might not know that all we might be able to touch on that but really what it boils down to is let's start having um, a safeguard in our own homes in our own communities and having crucial conversations
1: there's a phrase that i've used before that i've said you know, i haven't said in a long time but i've always felt as a parent myself and raising my kids, you know, because I have twins, boy and a girl, and then I have a younger one who's going to be 12. I mean, they're, they're old now, they're going to be like 15, right? <laughs> but uh, I know, it's, it's crazy, but that's, that's my oldest son and my daughter are going to be 15 come in June. The phrase is, if they're old enough to ask the questions, they're old enough to know the answers. And I, I feel like a lot of things like porn or anything, I mean, sex, whatever, is always swept under the rug. It's like, uh, and this phrase that I recall even from my childhood, oh, we'll tell you when you're older. You know, when I would ask, it's like, well, wait a second, you know, and I, I, I think back to when I was six oh, or seven, wait. it's like, if I'm asking the question, you know, there's, I, I'm obviously thinking about it. So don't, don't shrug me off. And I've never done that with my kids either. And yeah, you, sh-
0: you definitely haven't, I know that about you, but this is something I'll be able to think about in that same format. For some reason, we have this conception. And I say we as like a human race, not putting it out, but we have this conception of if we don't talk about it, our kids are going to be okay. Don't talk about pornography and they're going to be okay. Don't talk about sex and they're going to be okay. No. How about just like, don't talk about guns. And then, then you know, the kids aren't educated by it. They're the ones that are people. They're the ones that end up sometimes injured. But once you're educated, then you know what to do. The same thing. We have to have no judgment. We have to talk to the kids about pornography because I do school assemblies and stuff. I still just can't quite get out of the schools. I love them so much. And I talk to teenagers and I'm like, I know you send nudes. I know you see porn every day. And it goes from like this, hey, here's a teacher. She says no to Like, oh, crap. Like, yeah, she does. And so parents need to understand, like, just the case I called you on in Phoenix. I was like, what do I do? Can you help me tie these together? That case was one where it was like, we knew who had this girl. And so I made a fake Snapchat and it was, I said hi to him. He said hi back to me. Send me a nude. And I realized that's our kids' normal day. To yeah. any stranger, hi, hi, send me nudes. And that is something that parents, unfortunately, it's not comfortable to think about. It's not easy sometimes, but that's the reality. And it's that's that
1: quick, too, exactly what it's you said. It's, hi, send hi, hi, send me nudes. That's a third freaking message. Yeah.
0: And within a, less than a minute, right? Yeah. And so we have to get rid of the like, oh my gosh, you pointing fingers, pointing fingers, and then take accountability about being a responsible parent and saying, yeah, you might get mad at me if I ask you this. But also, if you get yourself into a situation, please know me and your dad or however you're co-parenting or whatever can handle a conversation if you've already gone down this path. Because so many times we see kids go down the path of sending the nude and then regretting it and then feeling trapped and traffickers will, you know blackmail with that photo. I'm going to show your parents. I'm going to show everyone. So do the more, do more, do more. They're never going to show your parents. You know, I tell teenagers this, no adult male or female is going to want to tell the world. I have a picture of a 13 year old naked boy or girl on my phone. But in the moment, the kids don't understand because they're too scared to tell their parents. So these, these instances can happen on any game, any social media outlet that we have that has a chat feature. So we have to start understanding, okay, our kids are seeing things. Um, they need to understand that they can come to you if they seem to be in danger and they don't know who to
1: talk to. Yeah, for sure, and the conversation is so crucial too. In order to provide, this is what I was talking about when I was on Newsmax a couple of weeks ago with Bob Sellers when he was saying, going hard. He's like, "Well, what about big tech and what about the algorithm and all this stuff?" I'm like, I laughed at him. I'm like, dude, what about responsible parenting? You know, don't you think that that comes into play some places too? You know, having that, those conversations, allowing your kids to feel open to where they won't feel judged about bringing these very sensitive topics to you as a parent, yeah, that's something that we need to foster again within our households, because again, if it's porn or sex or anything else, and you're saying, I'll tell you when you're older, that doesn't help them in any way whatsoever. It compounds the problem because they're already talking about it. They're already talking about about it with everybody else but you.
0: That's right. They're already getting it. They're already seeing it, but you're, you're just someone they can't talk to. Yeah. Right unfortunately like you know you look at the send me nude scenario okay let's imagine uh, back in my days let's say i mean what i'm saying is like our kids what they are raised in right now is so crazy compared to some of us so they're right when they say to us parents you don't know what you're talking about in many en- instances they're right because i'm 40 something i'll just leave it at that I'm not later 40s, <laughs> I'm early
1: 40s. no i'm really 40s go to youtube and cammy's really 33 okay
0: it's true <laughs> When I was a kid, I mean, imagine the absolute asinine question of send me a nude. You'd have to get this thing called a, a 35 millimeter camera. You'd have to snap the thing, maybe a hundred pictures of it, send it to a photo booth guy, which they probably would never develop it. And then you'd have to put a stamp on it. You'd never get it to a boy. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. And so. Our was like a flash on color. the
1: playground, right?
0: He's <laughs> like, okay, whatever. No. And now it's like. Every conversation's over-sexualized. Um, people's profiles are over-sexualized. Everything is diluted as far as any sort of sacredness and in an intimate relationship. Like, I think that does fall back on the re- responsible parent piece. We can't hand them an iPhone or an Xbox and, and it'd be like, good luck to them, right? So it'd be like handing them a keys to a Maserati. A Maserati is mm-hmm. awesome. It does really cool stuff. But if you give the keys to a Maserati and say, here, I'm going to take off. I'm going to go to the store. Um, I got this cool Maserati in the garage. Here's the keys. Don't turn it on. They're going to go in and start pushing buttons. And then they're going to drive it through the front door or the front garage, whatever. That's the same thing with an iPhone is we give them an iPhone with no instructions. And we hope that they're not going to have a disaster happen. Of course, right. they're going to have a disaster happen. We have to talk to them. And so it's our job as parents to do more.
1: How do we still promote healthy sexuality?
0: Um, I think it goes back to the responsible parenting you were saying, right? Um, I don't think we should shame. Our, like we have kids that are, we have transgender, but all of these things going on and really the world, like I said, that they're growing up with, they're looking at sexual images, having sexual conversations at such a different age than we ever did. We were just looking at a study of an eight-year-old boy that was addicted to pornography, right? And then there was another case in the States where these little boys stoned a girl to death because she, she was six. She wouldn't, do what they saw in a pornographic video. It's like shocking that these young children yeah. are faced with such aggressive sexual images that their brain can't um, comprehend it. So I just think, think it goes back to the responsible parenting conversations. Of Okay. We're safe. You know, you you know, I'm safe to talk to your mom's safe to talk to, you know, what, what, what are you seeing out there? Like, did you send a nude? When's the last time you saw a nude? Like not make a big deal out of it. It's just like a gun. Like, take it apart, put it back together. Like, let's talk about it. So I also feel like it's not the schools or the churches or someone else's job to talk about sexuality with your kids. That's the responsible parenting piece. So that's a piece for parents to talk to their own kids about it. And I understand different family, um, like, you know, might have different dynamics, but as far as in my family, what we, what we would do is that's, that's up to me to talk to my kids about what I feel is right and wrong and that they can talk to me even if they're, There's might not align with me. Maybe they have questions about, you know, I just have my daughter in a different country and she'd never heard some of these other terms like binary and different things that kids in that country were talking about that that are her age, transgender things. And she's like, Mom, what does that mean? And so we were able to have some really good conversations. And I think it has to come from, you know, let's just talk about it. What are you seeing? Um, And a place of love. So there's just no judgment. Yeah, the kids are seeing pornography, they're scared. Their brain does weird things. Their body does weird things. Our bodies are designed to respond to these images in a certain context at a certain time. And it's like, to me, it's a sacred place, right? But they're getting exposed to these images that their brain can't understand. And so they feel scared. And then they're like, who do I tell? And then the addiction becomes more. And so I talk to the kids constantly, like, you're the person that you are when there's no one around you. You pull your phone out when you're alone.
1: Yeah, right on. That's why yeah. I, I knew you were going to go there and I wasn't looking at you like you were crazy because it was hey, you're talking no because I I agree with you about the the photos on social media and all of that because it's the same principle as what we were talking with the conversations. Your kids are still going to see it everywhere else. You know, but they're going to see that you have a higher standard and it's also when they feel comfortable to bring those topics. To you say, Hey, I saw this today, mom. I saw this today, dad, you know, to encourage them and say, Hey, how'd you feel when, when you saw that? You know, well, yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of felt good. Right. I'm like, awesome. You're supposed to Damn feel it. good. You're, You're so- a person. <laughs> exactly. <That works. laughs> right yeah. When you see these things, this is how humans are, you know, this yeah. sexuality you know, is part of our core beings. As humans, you yeah. know, to be able to interact that way with other people, you're supposed to feel this way when you see these things. And let me tell you the context of these, you know, and then what we, we'll we get into video games. I want to hear about your documentary and everything too in a bit, but this part about the responsible parenting, you know, that's where I was asking, it's like, where, where do you feel like healthy sexuality is? What I'm describing, I feel is what healthy sexuality is. Encouraging your kids to say, what, well, it, it's good to feel that way. You know, that, that this, is, this is how you're meant to be and here's the context as your parent, because when they feel comfortable talking to you about it, it's your job as the parent to instill the values in your kids that you want them to have. So whatever that is, whatever your values are, it's your job to instill those within them and not to shame them for feeling the way that they're feeling when you haven't even expressed to them what your values are yet. You know, that's that's common sense. You know, if you're, if you're abdicating your responsibility of instilling your values into your kids that you want them to have to school, to church, to anybody else, you suck as a parent. I'm just going to give give you the straight truth okay it is your job to instill the values into your kids that you want them to have not anybody else
0: and if they feel if they feel like they can come talk to you if they're like my values don't match like we have people that are coming you know a lot of um survivors i think of some stories as you're talking they tell come to their parents and say you know what i think i'm gay and their parents are like get out of the house and then they're stuck on the streets oh my god yeah and so we also have to kind of feather the petals and go okay these are our values and I can be here to talk to you, but make a relationship and a respectful thing. So they knew it's so a respectful relationship so that they knew if they, something went off of your values, they could still come and talk to you because it's going to scare them. They're not going to know what to do, but time and time again, um, you see so many times where people end up homeless or something over um, a value issue in their home and then end up um, trafficked. So, what we just need to do is just, it's the parents, it's up to us parents. And if you have a niece or nephew and you know their parents are struggling, be that person for them. If you don't have kids, like we can be better. As men and women, we can be better. We can, I mean, as we can go anything from, talk to your kids tonight and say, ask them, when's the last time you sent a nude? You're gonna, they're gonna think you're crazy. When's the last time you were sent a nude? You know, all of your kids' Instagram inboxes and TikTok are full of naked boys and girls saying, hey, click on this picture, I love you. Algorithm guy, that's not a person. It's a picture of a fake picture. There's even like so many um, ways that that could totally be a computer. Am I right, Rick?
1: Oh, yeah, all the way.
0: It's not a person. So, and Those when I do some reason, I'm like, okay, boys, you think you're like, I'm so cool. There's these ladies with these bikinis Message me. No, it's a robot. It's not a person, whatever. Like, so you can, if you just could get your brain to be wrapped around the, the fact that, okay, boys, Instagram, the algorithm, it's a computer, it's a robot sending you pictures of other computers just to see who's going to bite because way down the line, there's money to be made. Simple. Okay. Look at it from a marketing perspective. Easy. So just talk to your kids about when's the last time you saw a naked person. Like what today. When did you today? I promise you they did today. If you gave your kids a phone and didn't talk to them about things um, and conversations on their video games and things, but we can't shame them and go, my husband's never seen somebody else in there. No, they have. It's on the thing. Let's talk about it. Whatever. Move on. Like we can still be adults here, but this not talking about a thing. It's just like, it's absolute madness. We've got to open up the conversations. And so we're going to work hard to do that because I think that if I know actually, if some of these victims I've seen had a safe place to go or someone in their life that they knew they mattered, they could talk to, um, they wouldn't have ended up in the scenarios that they ended up in.
1: Yeah. Bingo. Now one way you're doing this is you're making a documentary right now too. one way Hmm. you're getting the word out there. Tell me about this. You're in Belize right now, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So employees at the moment, trying to work and um, have a little bit of a holiday break. But I don't like to just have a break. I like to go work in orphanages and aftercare centers and stuff. Um, so I've been in this human trafficking fight for about five years. Um, and I realized I'm an educator. You know, I went to the University of Washington in Stanford. Um, I did some work in Stanford studying how kids' brains learn. And then I was able to help kids learn math better, even though I used to hate math. Um, but it dawned on me when I was doing some human trafficking work. Wait a minute. Hold on kids that keep getting in these patterns they just don't know that they're a target um and it was a few years back we were working with an organization that rescues kids like by the hundreds in asia and they pull up in these fields where the kids are actual slaves and they get them out and in that culture they still have to actually still work as a kid but they get them to healthy um healthier scenarios where they get school and things and it dawned on me this little boy like he was with his family one morning and then the next day he was out there working he was four years old i'm like what? In the hell? What? Like, he didn't yeah. know he was a target until it was too late. Same thing with, the, you know, a couple of the other cases I've talked to you about. They don't know they're a target until it's too late. You know what we need to do? We need to help the kids in the world know that they are on this, like, battlefield, and they're just marching along. They have no way to defend themselves. They have no armor on. They have no weapons at all. And they have this giant yeah. target on their back saying, I'm worth a million dollars. Because by the time they can get traffic sold for organs, it's crazy. A trafficker can make a million bucks on a person. me. Um, <laughs> and so I realized we've got to let these cute kids know, these sweet kids in the world that are just trying to grow up and be kids. Yeah. And yeah. nobody's defending them. Like we need to be better. How can we defend them? How about this? I'm just going to be a little bit better at my interactions online as a mom. I'm going to let my husband know, hey, if you're seeing porn, like I'm not going to judge you, but like, can we talk about it? Like, Let's get rid of all this judgment stuff and start defending our kids and really banding together. And so I went on a deep research project and pulled together um, a really amazing team. I have the BBC correspondent from China, who actually reported on the Wuhan lab as my investigative journalist. I've hired her on full time for the last year and a half, just studying the digital forms of trafficking for our kids. Really cool. Because I've been watching how it goes from, hey, hey, send me nude to like, oh my gosh, it's happening on. Fortnite, Roblox, it started here, starting at eight-year-old, six years old. And the teacher in me and the educator in me is like, everyone needs to know. And then they can start looking out. And if you and I know and you can start looking out in your circle, then they can start looking out in their circle. Um, and so that's what we're doing. Um, we'll be filming some of it in Ireland, most of it in Ireland. So I now have a home in the States in Ireland, and we're pulling cases from around the world. And just it's not gonna be by me, it's gonna be by kids, for kids, because at the end of the day, if you know, I know I say open up these conversations. But I can, I can guarantee you the answer you're going to get from your kids is, okay, mom and dad, you know what you're talking about. And so <laughs> we need to have um, the brain, you know, as a teacher, like if a kid tells another kid, hey, dude, like one plus one's two. Like they're like, what? But if a teacher tells them all day, they won't listen. And yeah. so there's this peer to peer situation. And so this documentary is going to be from kids talking to other kids so they can actually understand it's really happening. And we have kids saying, Hey, yeah, I was trafficked on Roblox. I was trafficked on Snapchat. I was trafficked on Fortnite or, you know, grand theft auto. And I'm lucky, lucky that I'm still here to tell it the tale. Like, can we just be better? Can we start looking out for one another online? Like if stuff looks weird, like when I talk to teenagers, they are like, yeah, that looks off, but I don't want to say anything. We got to take care of those barricades too and go, you know what? I know it feels weird to talk to your friend. Like, why are you posting those pictures? That seems weird. I want kids to start just having some ownership and being like, I'm going to look out for each other. Like, yo, what's up? Are you good? Can I help you? Because right now everyone's just kind of battling alone because they don't know. And so the documentaries also um, combined with the curriculum to go to schools and universities and truly getting some information at parents' hands and teachers' hands all over the world. And you'll see it on mainstream media, but we can just, once we know, then we're fine. But when you don't, it's all scary, like a gun. But once you know, it's not so bad.
1: Yeah, right on. When is your documentary yeah. release?
0: Well, we, we're already in pre-production right now. there will be um, eight weeks. Yeah, we're already in it. We took a little break for Christmas. Um, but I'll be back in Ireland in January. So they're already, we're already going. Um, and then we have eight weeks of uh, pre-production, eight more weeks. 12 weeks of filming and then 20 weeks of editing and marketing and distribution. Awesome. So
1: So like fall winter of 2022. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, But you'll
0: see it on, I mean, depends who purchases it, purchases it. I'm learning how film works, Yeah. but uh, we have the world's highest documentarian of all time on this project. We have just the most phenomenal, phenomenal group. And I just feel like God, universe, whatever um, has pulled together. People that are passionate about saving kids and we're getting out of the way and we're letting the kids help the kids because when we're gone, they're going to be there for each other still. So,
1: yeah, that's so awesome. You mentioned a couple of things as you were going through that, you know, different areas that kids are, are trafficked on, you know, whether it's social media, you know, Snapchat. I mean, this even happens on Facebook too, Instagram, it, but you mentioned a couple other games and I was just having a conversation with my oldest son the other day about Fortnite yeah, and we were looking up some things. And of course the New York times did an article just, uh, it was about two years ago and Fortnite was listening to roblox which we know of already minecraft you know a couple other games and Fortnite was one of the ones that really kind of blew my mind a bit because it's made by epic games and when yep. the times reached out to these different game manufacturers and you know minecraft is made by microsoft and microsoft and some of the others re- responded to the new york times and said yes this is what we're doing and here's our roadmap to put even more safeguards in place I and mean, it was phenomenal right freaking yep. epic who makes Fortnite didn't even reply to the times with an, a, with an answer as far as what they're currently doing or what they intend to do and just silence ignored them. You know, that was this was an article two years ago I was like that so how do you feel about these like I don't think that's very good I'm like exactly because they're ignoring it you know they, they don't care about the problem and then you look at the ways that they're able to spend money on there it's just a, a, a financial gain for them they don't care about the damage that's being caused. There's a there's a good middle ground that someone like Microsoft would have with Minecraft, you know, and as you look more into it, a, a lot of this happens. Yeah, they're sending news, but a lot of these things happen when they move over to voice chat.
0: In Seriously, the, in these
1: things too, and then it becomes, hey, what's your address? Where do you want to meet me? You know, and that's how things begin to escalate. What are some of the ways? What are some of the other areas? You know, some other games because Roblox and Fortnite are two two of the biggest ones. What are some others that you see, so that we can let parents know, and also what can they do about this?
0: Well, this isn't going to be a popular answer, but Row it. every game the chat feature, every single game that's online. I know that's like the worst answer in the world, but if you think about, um and I'm going to go down like the pedophile route. Yeah. Okay, think about people that wake up with more sophisticated technology than law enforcement or people that wake up with an intent to get kids. Okay. They're going to go where kids are, whatever game your kids are playing with a chat feature. I have some friends that their kids have YouTube channels where there's chat on YouTube. There's no platform that, and I know I'm not trying to sound like totally negative, but truly there's no platform. When a kid has open communication with the world that someone isn't gonna try to get at that child, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And um, there are like kids' messenger or different things where it truly is just closed. And those I feel like are somewhat safe, right? Yeah,
1: like Messenger for Kids but from Facebook. You're messenger talking for about. kids from yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Right.
0: They can literally only message like you or their cousin and you can see it on your phone when it happens. Yeah. But any game they play online, it's not just Fortnite, it's just Roblox. Those are just very popular games. But now as we head into like VR and metaverse and things it's going to get worse. And again, I'm sorry to be a doomsday, but like we have to talk because anytime your kid can go online and you have the whole world to talk to they are. And in some regards, parents have done a great job letting their kids know you're safe and you're okay. The kids don't understand that truly there could be someone on the other side of that screen that might not have the best intent. And they're so tricky and so smart that the kids are like, well, this is my friend from my class. Well, that's what you think. But your mom's posted your name, what you like to do, where you're at, what school you go to and everything else. And so now I can strike up a conversation with you and make a profile of the other kids in your class and look like the kids in your class. And you think, why would they actually do this? There's so much. Well, with pedophilia, they want to get to the kid, right? But there's so much money to be made. And so we just have to understand there's no like, okay, if we just only use these or if we just only use that, it has to come back to responsible parenting talking to your kids and letting them know, yo, like you, I mean, a five-year-old needs only a five-year-old answer. Like you said, if you're old enough to ask the question, you get the answer. But a five-year-old needs a five-year-old answer. A 10-year-old needs a 10-year-old answer. But even your teenagers, you're going to probably not be popular, but like you need to talk to them about things that they're seeing and let them know, Hey, I get it. I get that. I don't understand. I understand that. I don't understand. Help me know. Like, can I help you? Because there's no like, necessarily if you use this unless it's offline um that someone's yeah. not going to be able to be open to to being a target
1: yeah what are so what's some of those conversations look like because i know you see these all the time that way parents can be aware and then they can educate their kids too if if you start to be asked these types of questions if you're being asked these types of questions this is something to look out for you know
0: okay so the conversation starts like this are you ready yeah hi hey That's it that's all. Like, that's all. It's that simple. It can it just be a high in your in your DMs and Instagram. It can just be a high on a game. And it's very harmless at first, right? So the conversations are what you would think would just be a regular person. That's what's kind of tricky about it. Yeah. Is there, it just would seem like another 10-year-old or 15-year-old. And they just start getting comfortable talking to this person. And they found it only takes 24 hours for a kid to think that person is their friend. And honestly... It takes only 72 hours for a kid. I mean, their parents are like, you know, on them, doing things, talking to them, like like they're on, like making sure what they're looking at is great. But these these conversations can't be, we can't let up the gas because the research shows it only takes 72 hours for a kid to agree to meet up with someone. Even if their parents are like, don't talk to someone, don't meet up with someone. So it's just kind of like the experiment when wow. we were growing up, don't talk to the creepy guy in the van. And then they, you know, surely there's lots of them. You can look it up. Of these guys doing college research projects on this they have great parents their parents you know read your <laughs> read the bible say the, you know say your prayers eat your vegetables whatever you believe whatever but do your homework and then they don't talk to the guy at the park and then they set him in this scenario that's this research you know scenario and this guy shows up with a puppy the actual scenario the parents said don't ever talk to someone asking to find your puppy the kids get in the van with the guy yeah so it's like we do this we talk to the kids and say the, the conversation start as simple as hi how are you? And if it's out, out there in this open, you know, internet, anybody could be doing that um, and saying those conversations. But what they will do is what I've personally seen: is conversations starting on one platform or one gaming system, and then moving off to That's a it. different. You got it. Bingo! As yep. soon as they move off, but how does it start? Super simple. Oh, hey, why don't we why don't we catch them on Facebook or WhatsApp or Telegram yeah. or a uh, Signal? And the conversations move. And I've even seen where a question is asked on an email and answered on Snapchat, asked on Facebook Messenger and answered on a different platform. So it gets kind of crazy. And our kids are very brilliant. I believe kids are so smart. Um, And so, yeah, they're they're so, so smart. And so that's kind of how it starts. But how it finishes is all over. As soon as they move off to a different platform. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah, right on. And those platforms are usually typically considered to be more private too, like a Snapchat where you have disappearing messages or Signal or, or even Messenger now, Facebook Messenger has an invisible chat feature that's on it. But especially when they're starting on the games, yes, with Roblox, Fortnite, Minecraft, whatever, those chats is like just like you're saying. And then it's like, hey, want to snap? You know, and th- that's it. Then it's off platform. And then, then yeah. th- that's not something that a parent can monitor anymore because there are yeah. parental monitoring features that exist within the chats of some of these games that exist uh, th- that are there, you know, and that's where Microsoft and some others respond and said, here's what we're doing and here's how parents can monitor things. But when they move off platform and that's one of the things to m- let your kids be aware of, if somebody asks you in a game, you know, cause uh, I'm not going to tell my kids to stop playing every single game that's has a chat feature, right? Plus, they're almost right. 15. Yeah, exactly. It's not realistic at all. You know. But if anybody ever asks you, you know, here's some questions to look out for, but if they ask you to go to a different platform, some sort of messaging app, that's a red flag for you. Come and tell me right away and just have me look at it and we'll see what this person's about because I want you to be safe. I, wa- I don't want ever, anything to ever happen to you. I love you so very much. I care about you and you can ask me any question. You would ever want to ask me and I will answer it. That's
0: and if you've gone down some path that you're scared about, yeah. and you're scared to tell us about, I can handle it.
1: Yeah, right on.
0: I might that's, be mad for a second, but I love you and I can handle it and we'll get through it.
1: That's responsible parenting, is creating yeah. that so that they feel that there's an area of no judgment and they feel that you are the safe place. Because if they don't that's feel right. that you're the safe place, as a parent, they're going to go to somebody else that they feel is a safe place. And it only takes right. seventy-two hours for them to go to some place with that person they feel is the safe place.
0: Is their friend, yeah. you know? And a lot of the conversations we see, like my parents don't understand me, blah 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 blah. And then that predator's like, oh, okay, well, hey. And so, just let's be that safe place. Let's have profiles that we're proud of. Let's just be better. If we could just, you know, I get a call from oh, the Attorney General, and this happened like what six nine months ago. In Utah, I saying, we have a girl that was gang raped by 30 dudes, 15-year-old, in a car, naked. I know you guys have resources here, you know, through a friend of a friend, like, how can we all band together and get this girl some resources? The reason I have such a strong disdain for grown women using social media a sexual symbol is because of the calls and the things that we see like that. Because we can be better. We can be a responsible parent. We can be role models without having to... Teach kids that they should use their body for um, to get approval. There's so much more to us than that, yeah. and so that's why I have such a disdain for it. I know on the surface it can seem really abrupt, but the reason I have such a disdain for such a disregard for safeguarding the next generations of females is I just want women to go wait a minute. I can be better, and I want to be better, but I can't preach like Jesus loved the whole thing and fighting against trafficking. If I don't even care about protecting my own daughters and the next generation from maybe like thinking about, let's let's be like awesome. Like let's safeguard just our bodies. And so that's another piece when you ask me about, you know, how do you talk to your kids about sex? It's like, safeguard your body. Like let's help remember how awesome that we are. And it's not this filtered, diluted thing that we all, this in this crazy online world we live in, it actually can be amazing. Sex can be this wonderful thing that someday in the right contents you should be able to share. But if you've gone down a path you're scared about, Come tell us, we can talk about it. But right now everyone is just like, I use the term "pedaling to beat the band. Like we're just going, 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 every parent, every, everyone's going the wrong direction. And we need to come back together, pull our families back together. I'm like, okay, because truly our kids, my kids are the first generation to grow up online. Yeah. And what we're seeing yeah. is they're getting all of the destruction left behind and we got to try to pick up the pieces. So we just have to be better, be freaking better. That's it. We can all be better. And then if you're not better, just be better tomorrow. Like, let's just always be patient and kind with each other and love ourselves a little bit more and go, okay, yeah, maybe I did this one thing that was bad, but I just want to be better. Or I posted this picture or sent a nude. Okay, hey, kids, I know you did. I know you did. Like, it's fine. Like, let's move on and be better. Just like I always, like you said in the beginning, I always use the, um, the firearm analogy. And some people, uh, I work around the world and some other countries are like, oh, you guys have guns there and it's very scary. But once yeah. <laughs> you're educated about guns, it's not so bad. Yeah. Same thing with pornography. It's going to be there. Let's talk about it. You're going to see it. What do you do? Shut it off. Because I'm going to tell you what right now, it's heroin. It's heroin for people's brains. And so if you, if you had gave somebody a phone, like your kid, let's say I'm a mom, and I knew, okay, so remember, your kid seeing pornography or anyone, it's like a shot of heroin, right? If you knew that giving your kid an iPhone, if there was some button somewhere on that that could push on there somehow, some way they'd actually get a real shot of heroin, do you think you'd hand them that phone recklessly like you are? Uh, yeah, you wouldn't. So let's talk about it because what they have in their hands is literally doing the same chemical reaction. And so we got to stop being scared and just talk. Right on. And be kind and forgiving.
1: I cannot wait until your documentary comes out and as awareness continues to to go up, you know, I love how you've even changed your attitude towards rescue because a lot of the focus I feel right now on awareness is on individuals that are trying to do things you know even like celebrities like I think I think Ashton Kutcher has something big time that he's going after right now which is amazing let him go after yeah. it right but we're putting the focus on the dude rather than the the people that are in the shit right now you know and, and understanding the psychology of what's going on I appreciate you for everything that you're doing you brought the fire today Cammy. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it's hard not to it's hard not to
1: yep I hope parents that this encourages you too, and you can follow Kami where she's at, at Kami Bowker, B-A-W-K-E-R on Instagram. And the website is globalep.org. You're incredible. Yeah, we have an Instagram
0: too, Global Education Press. You know, and if people are like, well, how do I really help? Um, get involved, start talking, start, you know, today, talk to your husband, your wife. Uh, also, you can, you know, help us gather supplies for victims. You can host a fundraiser. You know, we rely solely on donations um, and we couldn't do anything that we do without you guys. We've worked all over the world. But truly, if you want to get involved, just go to GlobalEP.org, sign up as a volunteer, and you can be an advocate in your own community, start talking, um, and just really just be better. But uh, At any time you want to just hit us up, info at GlobalEP.org, send us an email, um, get your company involved. We have some business sponsorship packages where You can do a percentage of your sales to fight trafficking and we'll make sure 100% of it goes to the victims. So-
1: That's awesome. GlobalEP.org. Thank you, thank you. Enjoy the rest of the month. Let's blow it up and make some people aware of what's really going on. And
0: share this video because January is Trafficking Awareness Month. So raising awareness itself can help open up the conversations and truly help someone that you have in the circle of influence to to prevent trafficking. So share this video, share this podcast, GlobalEP.org. Thanks for having me, Rick.